Welcome back to Fight Capital, where we step into the ring of combat sports business. I'm your host, Ryan Rappaport. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Nick Chapman, the, multi uh, the multifaceted CEO of BKFC Asia. Nick's journey is a testament to his dedication, spanning roles as an athlete, referee, gym owner, and promoter in combat sports. He stands out not just for leading BKFC Asia, but also for his remarkable skills as a champion for business growth through innovative strategies. I'm excited to explore the intersection of combat sports business and digital innovation with this award-winning community-inspiring leader. Thanks for joining me, Nick. I know you've been on the road a lot, but how are you and where are you joining from today? Well, first of all, Ryan, thank you very much for having me, mate. And what an intro. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Just, just settling down after a long trip to the Middle East. Before I get into the, your journey in combat sports, I just want to thank you personally as a Muay Thai nut. Just the fact that you were able to put together Senachai Buakau was like a, a dream come true for me. And so uh, knowing that you were behind that and uh, I know it took a little while to get it going, but once it happened, that was history made. So thank you for yeah. doing that. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, because honestly, you, with two great fighters such as Borkow and Sanchai, there's always two sides to, to the stories. And a lot of people appreciated it, but a lot of people are like, oh, it shouldn't happen. And it's really nice to hear someone like yourself appreciate that we, we managed to get it done. <laughs> yeah, it's never, never easy with those guys, but enough about them. I, I'd love to just tell the audience a little about your story in MMA and, and what led you to partner in BKFC Asia. Uh-huh. Okay, so, I mean, I, I, I just grew up uh, with a, I don't know, just a real keen interest in, in fighting. Um, when it all kicked off at school in the playground, everyone would crowd around and start cheering and shouting. But I just seemed to really enjoy the experience. I don't know why. Um, so much so that I'd line up fights for myself after school. Like, there was no animosity in it. I wasn't looking to, to, I was never a bully or anything like that. I just loved to fight. So I'd line up fights after school, usually guys bigger and older than me, because I just enjoyed it. And of course, it was a natural aversion. Um, when MMA come on the scene, I just gravitated towards it instantly. It was like, that's for me. And I never really started it as a career. I just thought I'd, I like to fight. And I just kept, I won and I won again, then I won again, then I won a title. And then I started thinking, well, hang on a minute, there's a bit more to this. Um, so that's how, that's how MMA really sort of come into my life. I just don't think there was any other route I was ever going to take. And here you are now with BKFC Asian. You know, can you just share me a little bit about the strategic vision behind this uh, offshoot league of BKFC? Because it's really BKFC has just grown so fast. I got to attend an event in uh, June of 2021, and what Dave has been building has been really, really cool. How, how do you differentiate yourself and your approach to other combat sports organizations in the sector? Yeah, let's let's touch quickly on the growth of the sport. So David Feldman obviously brought this this uh, rule set to to the forefront in 2018, and the the, the growth of the the organisation itself has been incredible. And obviously, there's a load of upshoot um, organisations coming off the back of what David Feldman's done. And it's interesting because I, I actually spent five days with Dave in uh, Abu Dhabi recently, and we got a chance to really talk about it. And it's such an in inspiring story. Uh, for, for me, I, I got involved just refereeing an event in Phuket and the rule set just, I absolutely loved it. And the sound of those punches when they're landing, it reminded me of, of school <laughs> back when I was a kid and then going <laughs> into the streets and getting into trouble fighting in the streets and just that sound. So for me, it was like, wow, this, this is great. Um, what differentiates us? I mean, 
it's very simple. I mean, we took the gloves off and that's the most, that's the first thing I think that really differentiates us from everything else. And you remember when MMA come around, it was, it was termed cage fighting. Um, and we, you know, it's, it's actually called mixed martial arts, but the term cage fighting had such a, an aura, such a stigma around it. It just drew people to the sport. Um, and, and effectively, I think the, the use bare knuckle is doing the same for us. I mean, it's, it's, we're in a world where people just want something new, something real, something raw. Cause there's so much fake stuff on the internet. So much, even, even talking to people these days, they've got filters. It's all fake, but with bare knuckle, it's real. And I think that's what's really differentiating us from everybody else at the moment. And everything you've implemented in Thailand is definitely taking off. And I know you're engaging and expanding that audience base, but are there any particular regions where you're seeing this take off for combat sports and how it's gaining popularity? Oh, yeah. Look, we're, we're, now, we're now in nine countries around the world. We've got events this year, I think over 60 events in nine different countries, and we're still all the time expanding. David Feldman's put me in a position where uh, in, 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 in Asia, especially Southeast Asia, I, he's like, go and get some regions. And it's not hard. Honestly, Myanmar is one that contacts me all the time. Um, the Philippines, these guys are just made for bare knuckle. They are literally, I, I personally think that the Philippines will be the second or third largest region on the planet for bare knuckle very soon. These guys just, yeah. I mean, they're entertainers. They know how to box. They're ready to fight. They're great. Um, Cambodia is a region we're looking at um, because the Cambodians have got a very effective style of kickboxing called Kung Khmer, um, which helps them gravitate towards the bare knuckle side of things. Um, we're obviously looking at Japan. We love that region. Um, there's many places we're looking at the moment, and, and that's just my 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 area. So um, obviously the Middle East is somewhere that we've, we've been over recently and we've had serious talks about them. So you can look out for definitely something happening over there this year. And as for Mr. Feldman, he's just always looking for other regions. Mexico, um, you know, Latin America is, 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 is opening up everywhere. Well, I think one of the things for me personally that while you get the cuts and the lacerations, when you take off the gloves, so it's less concussive impact. And I know maybe the casual fan doesn't understand that, but anyone who knows the sport knows that it's actually better for these fighters that I'm not getting pummeled and smashed with the heavy gloves, which does take away some of that, maybe the, the cut, but isn't taking away any of that concussive force. I'm a fan of it personally, but you know, how are you as a team at BKFC and I guess BKFC Asia approaching the athlete development and the welfare side of it? Are you, are you guys putting any particular measures in place for the well-being and career growth of these fighters? Yeah, I, that's a really, really good question because for me to be involved in something at this level, I was a fighter predominantly. So first and foremost, I want to ensure the best opportunities, the best health and safety, the best care for the fighters that, can, that we possibly can. So there's, there's many ways you can look at it. In terms of the health and safety of the fighters, we are way above what we're actually required to do in most regions around the world. So for example, the athletic commissions in the US, they've got stipulations. We actually add more. Um, here in Thailand, we're one of the few companies that actually we, we actually uh, insure our fighters, but we do it of our own money because no insurance company is going to insure bare knuckle fighters. And by the time you pay the premium, you might as well have not have bothered because it's cheaper to pay mm. for the medical. So every single fighter in the contract, we actually allocate a certain amount of money to ensure that they get the best medical care and attention. That's before and after. Obviously, we go through the standard blood tests, eye tests, all of that. So there's that. But in terms of their their professional development, 
uh, we absolutely encourage these guys. So, so what's happening is we're taking fighters that wouldn't necessarily get a chance or have gone as far as they've got in their sport. And it's like another boost to their career. You know, look at Mike Perry. He was, a, he was a good fighter, but now he's a great bare knuckle fighter. We got guys over here that never quite made it in the Muay Thai world, but they're doing very well in bare knuckle. Um, so we're really encouraging them to, to develop their profiles, to understand that, and this is where fighters go so wrong. They focus every ounce of their effort on the fight and the actual training, which is great. But you've got to remember there's two sides to this. This is show business, okay? And whether you like it or not, you're an entertainer. So we're actually spending money and time bringing in professionals to help develop um, some of the fighters' profiles to make them more engaging and more entertaining because ultimately it's good for us, but it's also very good for the fighters too to develop their actual personal brand. Yeah, and I, and I love that you mentioned Mike too because I think he's the poster child and all the success and the money he's been able to make as well. For me, from like the a point of view, of not everyone's going to be a Lumpani or a Rajmadan champion, right? But it's being able to pull those guys in and make sure that they're getting those views and those eyes and growing their social and getting their their local and international reps up. But yeah. I, and it's great that you have such an amazing fight culture in Thailand as well. Yeah. But I'm just kind of curious in like your journey, um, what have been some of the challenges that you face for BKFC Asia and conversely, are there any opportunities that you see emerging in these Asian countries that you want to take advantage of? Yeah, so what, what, what obstacles have I faced over here running BKFC? <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not one to shy away from a challenge. In fact, I love it. I'll embrace it. I'll face anything head on. But I can confidently sit here and tell you that this is the single most difficult thing I've ever done, but consistently difficult. There's always something. So obviously, initially, the thing with Thailand is, is Muay Thai is like a, it's part of the culture. It's like a religion here. Mm. So to bring over something that goes against the grain of Muay Thai was a very difficult challenge. To get, to get the Muay Thai authorities to even, even accept us has been very, very difficult. And rightly so. I love Muay Thai. I love Thailand. I think it's an amazing sport. We, we, we went down the route of explaining to them that, look, there's guys out there that aren't making it in the, in the, the Muay Thai scene. We're bringing a whole new opportunity. We're bringing foreign money over. We're giving them opportunities. And they slowly started to embrace us. Um, so that was one obstacle. Obviously, language barrier. I mean, I speak a little bit of Thai, but I'm certainly not anywhere near fluent. Um, or as fluent as I need to be. I, I work on it every day and it's getting better. So we've had that problem. Um, the sports authorities, we're not a registered sport. So that's been a problem because we're not allowed to use stadiums because they're, they're governed by the sports authority of Thailand and we're not a registered sport. So we can't. So we have to work under an entertainment license to prove how we operate. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's been many, many obstacles. Um, but one of the opportunities I see here, and as I've been speaking to Mr. Felvin about, is Look, let's be real. I'm in Thailand. It's the mecca of, of Muay Thai, kickboxing, whatever you want to call it, that type of striking. Um, and we've got guys that have had 300 plus Muay Thai fights. We put them into effectively a boxing match. So the opportunity I see here is to, to take the bare knuckle Thai um, into the mainstream and, and bring guys from Kung Khmer, Cambodia, Myanmar, Leftway, Muay Thai, even the Dutch and uh, Western kickboxers, bring them in and let's let's do something with uh, elbows, kicks and knees as well. <laughs> I love that. Uh, as I mentioned, Muay Thai nut. And I know that there's between all of those different regions, they have their kind of like own bragging right in their own kind of internal, external competitions happening. So I think that and Muay Thai is on the up and up too. I think uh, it's still uh, 
people don't aren't recognizing it for the amazing sport it is. But I, I am I'm in like a bunch of media chats as a content creator, and that's what everyone's talking about is Muay Thai, Muay Thai. When are people going to properly do, uh, display Muay Thai in an international scene? So with this platform you guys are building, I definitely agree with you. There's a a huge opportunity there, and this is definitely an innovative way. Granted, it's not like a new thing fighting bare knuckle, but the way you guys are putting it out there is a pretty amazing thing. How, how do you balance the innovation of the sport while maintaining that traditional essence of combat sports? Oh, what a beautiful question. Okay. See, this is, um, this is something that I really value with what I'm trying to do here in Thailand is, I mean, look, okay. Muay Thai doesn't get much more traditional than that. And what we do not want to do is detract from the beauty of Muay Thai, the history and the, you know, the heritage of Muay Thai. We don't want to do that. And it goes the same for Cambodia with their Kung Khmer. They are, they're very uh, undervalued. I mean, the world doesn't know much about Kung Khmer. It's very similar to Muay Thai, but it's, it's the Cambodian version. And, and they should get credit for that too. And then you've got Left Way from Myanmar. Left Way is my favorite sport. His headbutt's illegal. Brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. Oh, <laughs> I was a referee for the world Left Way. Um, well, left way once, but and actually I've done eight events for them. It, it was brilliant. So anyway, going back to your question. So th these are very traditional sports. They come from generations upon generations, um, you know, but what we're doing here is something new. So what we've done is we've listened to the audience. We spoke to, the, to our, effectively our potential audience and said, now, what is it you want to see? We know that people like the sound of the bare knuckle. We know people like more knockouts now. They don't like to watch the rounds go, go round after round after round. So we're listening to our audience. And then we've created the round ring and we've got a very modern production and we're, you know, we're playing the fighters and we're, we're, we're amplifying their personas and their profiles. So to answer your question is, you know, we're not going to detract from Muay Thai, left way or, or boxing, or all these other traditional sports. We're actually going to promote them and celebrate them, but we're going to promote them and celebrate them in our style. So, um, yeah, it's a very interesting question. Um, but we, I think we're balancing it well at the moment uh, and we would continue to do so. Yeah. You did hit on like a really big point there too, is that as a, as a Western casual fan, not everyone's going to understand a Y crew or the music playing in the background. So bringing yeah. it to an international stage where you guys are and those partnerships that you're building. And that's a pretty amazing way to do that. It's not just say like, Hey, he's not just a bare knuckle fighter. He's a bare knuckle left way fighter, or he's, he's a boxing fighter who's converted over. I mean, there, there's a lot there. And I, I think one of the other things I've seen BKFC do really well is have these amazing partnerships. Can you discuss any of the, the key partnerships or collaborations that have been pivotal to Asia's growth? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just going back to your, your, your previous question, um, I keep talking about Muay Thai and, and Kung Khmer and, and, left way but it, to be honest primarily we are a boxing base um mm -hmm. i've been pushing dave pushing dave a little bit to support this uh, muay thai thing um he's he's on the he's on board but let's let's see where that goes so um i should be referring more to the the traditional i can't call it traditional bkfc but uh more the the normal bkfc rule sets you have uh, bkfc's done an amazing job of putting together these different collaborations and partnerships how, how are those relationships contributing to the overall growth of combat sports in asia well you already know yourself that we, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are without the, the support of, of sponsors and certain um, partners, media partners and things like that. So we've got 
Singha Corporation have just been incredible. So we got very, very lucky to have them on board. They give us instant credibility. This is um, this is a Thai brand. They're, they're a multi-billion dollar corporation. They support all the big events and they support, they, they sponsor Borkow, um personally. So to get them on board was a big step for us because we're this bare knuckle company coming over. Everyone's thinking it's discovery and there's no real substance to the sport. And everyone's questioning who we are and what we do and not really wanting to come on board. All of a sudden, we've announced we've got Singha Corporation as our number one sponsor, and everyone's gone, okay, who are these guys? So that that was a big one for us, and they've just been incredible. They've been on every single event now. Um, we also picked up some some good partnerships with BitCub, who's like um, uh, well, they're a, they're a cryptocurrency um, platform, but one of the biggest in the world. It's a Thai company. They give us a lot of credibility because we've done a, an MOU signing with them publicly, and that got a lot of lot of attention. We've just signed a deal with True Visions, which is a huge uh, TV corporation over here. So again, and that's just expanding us um, no end. But then we've got local partners as well, and, and we've got marketing partners, Fresh Digital. They've been great for us. Um, I mean, they, they supply all of the – they take care of all of our social media, all of our marketing, everything. They've just been incredible. Um, Sports Gear is actually a kit sponsor. They're actually part of Fairtex, which, as you know, is the number one fight brand in the world. So, look, we, we honestly wouldn't be where we are without the support of our, our partners. They've just been amazing. Yeah, well, you nailed the the Singha. I mean, that's arguably bigger than a Modelo or a Bud Light getting behind the brand because that is that instant credibility. And that's a name. If I think Thailand or for me, uh, I you know used to drink Sapporo and Singha. Those were always my go-to. Wow. Uh, knowing that they're behind the sport, that's a local market and they that is that instant credibility. You talked a little bit about that economic impact. Uh, what's that? What has been that economic impact of BKFC on the local markets? Look, we're two years in now. We're five events. Um, I mean, we, in terms of economic impact, we're we're still pushing hard to to, to grow this thing here. So, uh, in terms of our profitability, we just plow everything back in to to run the next event. Um, in terms of the local markets and the the economy here, we're providing hundreds and hundreds of jobs. We're giving fighters loads of opportunities they wouldn't normally had. Um, We've got a lot of good feedback from Singha as to as to how it's affected their brand, which has been great. Because let's be real, when you're working with someone like Singha, everyone says to me, "Oh, bro, can you get me into Singha? Can you get me these? How do you get them sponsorships?" <laughs> I'm like, "Be careful what you wish for, okay? Because because <laughs> when you're dealing with a brand like Singha, you don't think they just start throwing money at you and it's all it's all roses." I said, "This is hard work. You're representing their brand, their reputation, their integrity." You do one thing wrong, you say one thing wrong, they're on you. So um, it's not as it's not as easy as people think. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. I think next year um, we're looking to expand even more into Thailand and move out more around Asia. So uh, you should see more of an impact in what we do. Looking forward, what are the long term goals for BKFC Asia, and how, how do you envision that brand and sport evolving over the next five to ten years? Okay. Well, look, we're not stopping. If you look at if you look at the growth of the sport in the last five, uh, you could probably double that over the next five. You know, because the growth is compounding. So it took a while to get traction. Now the sport's got traction. Uh, more people are coming on. More more big brands. More more places are opening up. More authorities are embracing us. So you can definitely expect to see um, probably a two or three x expansion rate in the next five years. That's for sure. And after speaking to Mr. Feldman in the Middle East with the backers that we have there. 
I'm very excited about how how the just the next year is going to go. So definitely watch this space. But as for as for Asia, um, I've made it very clear that my my goal is to try and bring in the Muay Thai kickboxing style of BKFC more, but only because of the region that I'm in. I love BKFC for what it is. I think it's amazing. But our guys, when they compete against each other, they do very well. But if you take our Muay Thai fighters and put them into a, a effectively a boxing match with an American or a Western, uh, a, a European boxer, and it's going to be a very, very different different turnout. So I want to develop that more here. So definitely looking to open up the Philippines, as I said, Cambodia. Um, we are looking at China, but not mainland China. We're looking at Macau. Um, so you can expect to see some exciting things happening here next year. Am I 100% confident we're going to push the kickboxing Muay Thai? Uh, not at this stage, but I think I think it's definitely definitely on the horizon. Well, that's amazing, and I, I think as you all continue to develop, you're going to say have that same effect that BKFC boxing is having on everything else too. There's essentially only been very few access points for a lot of the Asian market now at this point but as people are seeing oh there's other opportunities there's more money to be made and i'm not having to go down one channel then that will open up the floodgates and i think you dave and bkfc has definitely showed a, an amazing path for a lot of athletes when you're getting people like rockhold mvp chad mendez all of these guys i can only imagine what the, the thailand the philippine version of what that's going to look like and those athletes who those markets know spectacularly are now going to be on a global stage and people are going to be able to see the level of sport around them. So I'm excited. I'm bullish on it. It's funny. I've been, I, I've been talking about it. I, I, I cover all combat sports, uh, you know, boxing, MMA, all of it, but I keep finding myself gravitating towards BKFC. I think I've <laughs> written about it just as much as I've written about MMA. Um, and, and just that you've been able to do this in Thailand as a, as a Muay Thai nut, you know, it's been really cool to, to see you do. So thank you for doing this. I'm, I'm excited to show this to people and get them more exposed to what BKFC is doing. And can't wait to see what's happening in the future for you guys. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, look, again, it's guys like yourself. We really, really appreciate you showing an interest. I do believe that there's only so much or for so long that you can ignore BKFC because I have a saying you either you either love BKFC or you don't really know about it. Once you start to get to know about it, you fall in love with the sport, just like everyone did with MMA. So yeah, look, guys like yourself who have such a rich background and, and, and uh, interest in combat sports, it really helps us. Um, so hopefully we can just keep delivering for you guys and, and yeah, keep stepping things up. I tell you this, I tell you this, um, I was with Mr. Feldman in Abu Dhabi just, just a few days ago, and he showed me a card that he's got lined up for next year. And you have never seen anything like it. I mean, I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. I wish I could tell you who's on this card, but I sat there and I, I looked at the main event and I went, holy shit. And I looked down <laughs> at the time and I was like, holy shit. And I'm not joking. About eight of these fights, I'm like, holy shit like is this a joke and he said no nah, man this is for real we're just we're just trying to get sign off now so i mean these are fighters that you've not seen on bk some of them you've seen on bkfc before but some of them you absolutely haven't never dreamt you would as well but they are mm. massive names this whole card is stacked so watch out for that one Oh, I'm excited. And yeah, this is uh, really excited to see where you guys take this. I mean, just how it's gone in like a very short time to where it is now. Uh, yeah. I know that the sky's the limit for you. So thanks again for doing this. My pleasure. Thank you for thank you for your time, Ryan. Yeah, thank you.